Good morning. How's everybody? So before I get started, there's something I want to encourage you guys with. Um, Chad did an announcement last week for Be the Light weekend. Um, and so, and then Jacqueline was kind enough to send out a sign-up sheet for it. But what we learned is, is that um, maybe sometimes doing these things that are outside of our comfort zone uh, can create a little hesitation. And so here's, here's my encouragement to you or my challenge to you as a church family. The whole weekend came from an idea that, that, I, that we had gotten and, and just kind of being challenged to reach out into our community and what could we do to show the community that we're here and that we love them and that we want to be supportive and that we want to actually do what our vision tells us to do, which is shine a light into our community. And one of the simplest ways that we could do that was find things that were going on in our community and then come alongside them and be a part of them rather than try to make up things on our own to try to do something that, that isn't going on. So we joined with our PTOs, and one of the coolest things that I think we have is in our, both McCormick and Boyd. And McCormick, I know, is where we have a couple families, Jocelyn and a couple other families go here. And then Boyd is where our kids go, which is right up the street. And in this one weekend, the last weekend of September... Uh, the 27th to 29th, the, the McCormick and Boyd both have fall festivals going on. And so we sat there and we said, how can we be a blessing to these things going on? And one of the things that we said is kids love bounce houses. And we were able to locate uh, through, through some different avenues the bounce houses at a cheap rate to be able to provide for these PTO things. But one of the things we need is people to man these bounce houses. And so I thought, well, what better way for our church to be a light than to just go, and this is how simple this is. Are you ready? See this? What's it say on the front? This is not a trick question. L, right? Okay. So what does this L stand for? Right. Okay. See on the back, it actually has it in case you forgot. All right. So here we go. All I'm asking is this. There are sign-ups that go for like 45 minutes, right? Is there anything longer than that, Jacqueline? All right. The ones that, boy, okay, 45 minutes to an hour of your day on a Friday or Saturday. Wear this wonderful T-shirt. If you don't have one, I'll buy one for you. Wear this T-shirt, right? And all you got to do is smile. Now, this could be difficult for some people, but all you got to do is smile and look at little kids and say, it's your turn. It's your turn. Please stop behaving that way. It's not your turn yet. Do y'all see where I'm going with this? Very simple. So simple that I'm going to do it myself. Right? We can do this. So there are sign-up sheets right now on Realm. There will be, we'll figure out a way to bring them up to the top of where people can see them today. So you can go up and sign up. 45 minutes to an hour. Not only that, but you may know somebody that loves coffee. Anybody love coffee? Anybody know somebody that loves coffee? Sweet. You know this Big V place? Oh, where are we at here? Big, go here. Okay, Big V place that way. Thank you. That way. We are, for our community, going to provide free regular coffee and iced coffee for anybody that comes in and asks for it. Like when we say we want to be a light, we can find simple ways to do this. We can find simple ways to shine the light of Jesus, whether it be through coffee, whether it be through smiling. Go ahead. Stop. Go ahead. So... Here's all I'm asking. When you see that piece today that comes out, go find a spot that works. Better yet, you ready? If you have some people in your group that you want to bring along, say, hey, I'm going to sign up for this time frame. Come with me. And we can hang out. And we could chat as we do this. Go ahead. It's very simple. Very simple touch that we could do for our community. Guys, the reason why we wanted to do this is we had an opportunity to show the light of, shine the light of Jesus in a simple and, 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 and impactful way. 
And that is so that we could come and just love on some kids and simply allow some families to have a good time. That's what it is. We're freeing up parents to go and hang out with their kids while they're at this event so they don't have to sit there and man these things. We can come alongside and do it. So feel free to sign up. I know there's some concession stuff going on and all that, and and so we can do that as well. So um, be the light weekend coming up. Please uh, join us in this as we step out in faith and see what God can do. Uh, in that. If you have any questions, feel free to ask me or Jacqueline or anybody else that um, is on that team. Uh, but for right now, just me or Jacqueline be happy to answer that, guys, uh, answer this for you. Um, there's something else I wanted to say before we get started. Oh, I, here's what it is. Ready? Go to your Bibles. If you got your Bibles, go to Deuteronomy. This passage has changed my life. We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter, wait for it. Wait for it. Deuteronomy chapter 21. And we're going to go to Deuteronomy 21, 18 to 21. Today we are talking about raising kids. And so some of you are like, Chad, those days are over, and I don't want, um, and, and you know what, I'm, I'm good, I'm a grandparent, whatever, or you may be ending that, and that's fine. Here's what I want to say just from the get-go, is that even though you may not be in that season, there is still a part of this that God wants to invite you into as we open the scriptures up today. And so with that, um, here's what I want you to understand just coming from my point of view. One, I realize I'm a pastor and that my family lives in a fishbowl. And what I mean by that is everyone has a unique opportunity to look at me and my family and, and point out every wonderful thing that Julie and I do right. And that was a joke. And everything that Julie and I do wrong, and you can look at our kids because we live in this bowl, and that people can see and say, Chad, really, you're going to give us a, a lesson on parenting when have you seen your kids lately? And I'll just say this, I have some amazing kids, and I have some amazing kids that do some things right, and they do some things wrong, and I'm okay with that. And so I want to just thank you as a church for allowing us to be real as a family, for allowing my kids to get it right sometimes and allowing my kids to get it wrong sometimes. Because if we're all honest in this world, in this day, day and age, there isn't one single one of us that gets it right all the time. And we're a place where you can get it wrong and still be loved. So thank you for that as we open this up. My dad read me this scripture one day um, as a reminder. Um, and I laugh because it's actually geared more towards my brother. <laughs> so here we go, you ready? If any man, ha- and that'll make more sense as we read this. If any man has a stubborn or rebellious son, one of the passages says elder son. That's why I said Rob, but this one does. If any man has a stubborn or rebellious son who will not obey his father or his mother, and when they chastise him, he will not even listen to them. Then his father and mother shall seize him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gateway of his hometown. They shall say to the elders of the city, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his city shall stone him to death. So you shall remove the evil from your midst and all Israel will hear of it and fear. I was questioning my dad's parenting style one day, and, I, and he goes, let me show you something. You don't have it bad. And so he read this passage to me. I thought it was hilarious. And so one of the things that, that we can realize is that even though this is something they did back in this day, we're, we're not, just so you know, if you bring your kids to the elders now, well, I'm not stoning anybody. Um, but I just thought this was interesting as we open it up, that this is actually how you could deal with some stubborn people. You throw rocks at them, especially if they're your kids. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, 1 to 4, and it reads this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you that you do challenge us as parents to raise kids that, that love you, to raise kids that um, live a life for you. And I just pray, Father, as we open this up today, Lord, that you would speak to us and allow us to see the things in our own lives that we need to change, in our own lives that we need to adapt, in our own lives that we need to change in order to 
bring kids up that love you. So, Father, I pray, Lord, where we need to hear uh, hard things, Lord, that we would not turn us away from them, but, Lord, we would be receptive to them. And I ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. One of the hardest things for me as a dad is, um, is trying to figure out whether I'm getting it right or not. It's trying to figure out my actions and how they impact my kids and, and how detrimental it can be uh, or how uplifting it can be. And so I live in this tension of whether I'm getting it right sometimes or whether I'm getting it wrong sometimes. And I live in this tension where if I do something this way, what are the, what's the aftermath of it? Or if I refuse to do something, what is the, the repercussions of that? And so I, I walk in this tension of trying to figure it all out and trying to walk and raise my kids in a way um, that, that honors God. So as I was unpacking this passage this week and just looking at it and wrestling with it, one of the things that, that really stood out to me in this particular piece is this. We have the opportunity as parents, as grandparents, as a church family to bring about an impact in our kids, in our, this next generation that becomes generational. That doesn't just stop with, with us, doesn't just stop with our kids, but it, it, it continues to go generation after generation after generation. And what's interesting is as you read, read Scripture, a lot of scri- the Scripture points to not just the here and now, but Scripture points to what's to come as well. And so there's just this mindset that just isn't stuck in, well, I've done it, I've raised my kids and, and all of this, or I've done that and, and I'm good and I've I put in my time. But there's a piece that we have to understand that when we walk with God, that it, it's more than just about the here and now. It's more than just about the moment that I'm living in. Because everything that I do here has an impact for generations to come. Now, I've shared before, and if you don't know this, if you haven't heard it, um, then you get to hear it for the first time. And if you heard it, um, it's good because there's something about this that's very impactful. My granddaddy Meacham was a a God-fearing man who loved the Lord. That's my mom's dad. And I believe that he had a a distinct challenge, a distinct opportunity in his life to have a generational impact for generations to come. How do I know this? Because I know his prayers. Because when he said he was praying for not only his kids, but his grandkids, and for his grandkids' grandkids, there was a generational prayer that went on. It wasn't just about the here, it was about generations to come, this line that he wanted to see happen. So much so that I know that my mom, not only when we were young, not only prayed for us, but also prayed for our future spouse to come. See, there's something about this piece that we, even though we, let's be honest, we really don't have a lot of control over what, what our kids really decide to do when they're outside of our realm of influence. Um, they they kind of have a mind of their own, and we have to do our best to raise them, train them, and then we send them out, and we just pray that they don't hurt anybody or hurt themselves. But there's this piece of it that we do have the power of prayer. And when we start praying for our kids and start praying for their kids and start praying for their future spouses and start praying for generations to come, something changes. And so we need to get to this shift where we stop looking at the here and now and we start looking at what's to come. And as a church body, as a family, as a a family in our own home, we have an opportunity to bring about a generational impact that far, far exceeds the here and now, but it continues to go on for generations after generations after generations. And it starts with us. Regardless of what upbringing you've had, regardless of how your parents treated you, regardless of, of whatever took place in your past, and I understand that some of us have had hard times and others than others, and some of us have grown up in great homes and, and have experienced amazing things, there's a piece of this that says at some point in my time, I have to realize that I come to my own walk with Jesus and that it's my responsibility to take action for my own walk and for what I choose to do from here on out. And if I never get to that point, I need to get to it, I need to get to it quick, because my, my, like I'm not held accountable for what my parents did or say. I'm held accountable for what I choose to do and, what I choose and how I choose to raise my children. That's where I'm at. And the same goes for you. 
And you may be a grandparent in here today, and you may be not one that doesn't have any kids, or maybe you're going to have some kids one day. Wherever you're at in your walk is fine, but just realize this. At some point, you have to realize that when it comes between you and your relationship with God and making an impact for his, his purposes and for what he wants, that it comes down to the choices that I choose to make and the choices that I choose of what I want to do. And here's the ultimate thing that we have to understand is this. And this first verse is this. It reads, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, here's what I want you to underline, circle, write a note by. I want you to circle. I don't want you to circle, obey, and then show it to your kids sitting next to you. Don't do that. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to circle in the Lord. When we unpack this passage and when we start opening God's word, we have to get to a point there where it's no longer about them obeying me because I tell them to obey me. It's about them loving God so much and being in a relationship with God that they choose obedience because it pleases God. Not because it pleases their parents, not because it pleases me. I want kids that love Jesus so much that they choose to do the right thing, that choose to be obedient because they're in love with their heavenly father more so than their earthly father, and so they make the choice to be obedient. And it starts off with this particular phrase, in the Lord. If they're not doing it in the Lord or because of the Lord or in the Lord, if they're not doing it for that reason, it will fall short quickly. We have a generation, we even do this ourselves, we search for purpose. I hear this a lot. I need a purpose. I need to know what I, uh, my purpose is. I need, to, I need something that's greater than my, I need a purpose. And we're constantly searching for this purpose. And, and I'm going to help you out right now real quick. And, and it's more complicated than it sounds. But here's your purpose. Your purpose is to love the Lord your God with all your might, your strength, everything you got. That's your purpose. And everything that comes out of that, he's drawing you to. And so my goal as a father, my goal as a parent is to teach my kids what it means to love God, what it means to be in love with our Savior, to walk in his salvation. That becomes my peace. So it says, children, obey your, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Colossians 3.20 reads this, children, obey your parents in everything For this pleases the Lord. Now here's my question for us today. When we talk about wanting our kids to be obedient, when we talk about our uh, children obey the Lord, here's my first question to us us today is this. If I want obedience in my house, my question becomes this, is what are the priorities in my home? What are my priorities in my home? If I, as a dad, am not being obedient to God, why could I ever expect my son, my daughter, my other son to be obedient to me? When my priorities are not what they need to be and I'm not in the Lord, in other words, I'm not getting things right, I'm not doing the things that God has called me to do, my priorities aren't straight, there's a disconnect. And kids see it. Kids are more intuitive than what we think. I think they pick up on way more than we give them credit for. They may not be able to articulate it. They may not be able to share it in a way that we actually grasp it. But I truly believe that they are seeing things in us as parents. And when we sit here and say, well, I need you to be obedient, they look at us and say, hmm, something's not matching. I had one of the roughest conversations with with one of my kids this week. Um, in our home, one of our priorities is we don't quit. We, we, we don't. We live, in a, we live in a world where commitment is not, I'll just be flat out honest, commitment is a convenience. And if something's difficult, just throw in the towel, we're done, whatever, and we can walk on, and that, that's not our home. That's not what we want to instill and so there was an event this week where, where we went to and, and we were sitting there and, and this anxiety piece 
came up in one of my children. And they, rare, I mean, 40 minutes of it. 40 minutes of it, and I'm sitting there, and we're talking and having this conversation, and, and one of the things in this is, is um, this piece that's going back and forth between the two of us, and we're talking, and we're engaging, and, and there's this piece of, I want to quit, and there's this piece in me, and I'll be very honest with me, is, I hate seeing you this way. Like, this is breaking my heart. And, and I knew if, and here's what I knew, that if I let this child quit, that that anxiety would not go away. I knew that if I let, let that child walk away from this particular event, that it would carry on the next time he was, that they were faced with it. And it would carry on the next time and it would just grow greater and greater and greater. And so I knew this, that if we could just get through this particular piece, that they would be okay. I knew it within my heart. And I tried everything. I tried threatening them. If you don't get your tail in there, I'm going to bust your butt. Do you know how much money I spent on this? And you're going to back it? And then I, oh, but, you know, it's okay. I mean, he thought, Dad, you're bipolar. Something's wrong with you. (laughs) But I'm going, see, I'm wrestling with this. Like, as a parent, like, what are you doing this moment? And I'm sure if Julie was there, it would have been totally different. Probably uh, hugged them and, you know, made them feel okay, and they would have been all right, and they would have went in and, and probably did amazing. But the dad got the opportunity to go in and be a jerk and, and whatever, right? But the thing about it was is I could not let my child leave. There was a priority in our home that says we cannot quit. Y'all want to know why that priority is there? In your walk with Jesus, has anything ever been tough? Has there ever been a moment when you wanted to quit? When you didn't want to do it anymore? You didn't want to serve anymore. You didn't want to show up anymore. You wanted to get away as fast as you could. Even though this was an event that we we had signed up for and paid, I knew that that particular moment could set a trend that goes on after every tough event that comes along. And I know this about my walk with Jesus. It gets tough. It gets real. It gets hard. And there are moments when it's just like, wouldn't it be easier just to walk away? See, when I look at it as I got to be in the Lord and I got to teach him what it means that we hold our commitments, not because I got to make myself look better or I've got to make my family look better. I've got to keep my commitments. I've got to be obedient because you know what? Because I love Jesus and I don't want to ever get to a point where I quit on him either. Because that's what we get to. And you could sit there and say, Chad, I think you just jumped from one extreme to the other. No, I didn't. Everything ripples off the other. One event, one, one identifying moment in life carries on over and over again. It has, lasting, it has a lasting impression on our lives. And we create habits. And here's what I promise you. If your life belongs to God and you continue to walk with him and you continue to be in his will, things don't, aren't always easy. A matter of fact, we're promised the same thing that Jesus went through, that we will experience suffering and we'll experience trials and we'll experience joys. And they'll all come in different times and different seasons. And we're called to be obedient. We are called to be obedient. And by being obedient doesn't mean I throw in the towel and walk away. Obedient means I continue to walk out what he's called me to do no matter what. So he says this, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Colossians, again, pleases the Lord. So how do I teach my kids to be obedient? Let me just free us up as parents. Teaching our kids to be obedient is very interesting. Um, A lot of times you look at the command, and there's a command that says, um, here it goes, Paul writes, obey your parents. So there's a command. Here's what I know to be true. We get commands. Is anybody in here perfect before I say this? All right, good. No, all right. So it's good, fair to say that we have broken some of God's commandments. Our Heavenly Father 
who gives us these commands knows that we're fallen. And so when we look at and, and this whole particular piece is, well, my kids aren't obedient or my kids are struggling, whatever it is, or these particular pieces, let, let me, I got some, I'm going to free you up real quick. Nobody's perfect, including your kids, including your grandkids. And our goal is how do we help them learn what it means to be obedient? We first teach them how to love God. We first teach them what that looks like. And then we start helping them understand. So the first thing is I need to set the priorities of my home. Another incident happened this week I thought was very interesting. An opportunity to join a group. This is how interesting this is. There's an opportunity one of my kids wanted to join this group. They wanted to join it so bad that they were, we were sitting in this conversation. This particular kid has the gift of persuasion. And what I mean by persuasion, I mean he has a gift to nag you and nag you and nag you until you give in. And you may have one of these kids. If you don't, I'll let you borrow mine and he'll be happy to show you how this is done. But this particular thing, and it, and it, was, with the, it was with the Cub Scouts, I'll be honest with you, it was with the Cub Scouts. And so I went to the thing, and I was sitting there listening to him, and, and my, my son wanted to be there. He wanted to join the Cub Scouts. And I'm just like, I don't, like, don't want to do it. Like, one more thing to our schedule, one more thing. And here was the kicker for us. The guy I was talking to the leader. He goes, we meet on Monday nights. I said, okay, this won't work for us. And Chad goes, well, why won't this work? It won't work for us. Monday nights aren't good. Why not? Chad, what do we do on Monday nights? Well, that's life group night. Sometimes saying no to our kids is the best thing we can do. Sometimes saying, you know what, this doesn't fit into our priorities. It is okay. They're not going to be harmed for life. Sometimes I'm seeing mom and dad stick to the priorities that they hold dear and what they want to do is some of the best teaching we can do. And sometimes it's actually cutting things out of our lives. So feel free to say no. Feel free to cut things out of your schedule. Feel free to make the priority in your home loving God and doing things that actually are about what he wants us to be doing. So the priorities of my home. The second thing about a generational impact is this, is I need to realize that there's an example I need to set. There's an example that I need to accept. Verses 2 and 3 of Ephesians 6 read this. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. I love this passage. I love this passage. You know why? Because this passage isn't directed at just kids. This passage is, is directed to all of us who have a mother and a father. There is a call on us to honor our mother and our father. Plain and simple. Now let me, let, you know, there's a very interesting piece in this. When he talked to children, it says, children, obey your parents. Now there's a switch from obey to what? There becomes a point where I no longer need to obey my mother. But I need to learn, she just gave me a look. There's a, there's a point that I need to learn to honor them. There's a switch that takes place. And here's what I mean by that. There was a particular event with my daughter, Noelle, when we were adopting her. There were family members that did not want us to adopt her. Very, very much against it. We could have chose to obey them and we wouldn't have the blessing of a little girl. Or we could choose to say, you know what, I'm going to honor them by doing what God has told me to do and bring a girl into my home and raise her because that's the piece that honors God. And when I look at it in that context, I don't need to worry about obeying what they say. I need to worry more about am I being obedient to God and am I loving God and what he tells me. And when I do that, when I fall in love with Jesus and I pursue him with everything and he becomes and what he wants from me and I become obedient to everything, then in return, guess what happens? The honoring my mother and father happens. Am 
Am I being obedient to him? And when I'm that, the honor happens. It also goes a little deeper in this. We have aging parents and you, you know, all of these things. What are we doing to come along and honor them by being helpful? What are we doing to, to honor them with our lives and the, what we do to be with them or to, 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 to have a relationship with them? And it could be very easy and you could say, well, Chad, you don't know my parents. My parents aren't very, they're not honorable, they're not honor worthy. Guess what? There's no stipulation in Scripture that says as long as you can honor them, go ahead. As long as they treat you right, as long as they do what you, that they need to do, then you go ahead and show, no, 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 listen. God's economy, God's word does not work that way. God's word says this, is you need to be so in love with me, then so obedient to me, that you're going to honor your mother and father no matter how badly they treat you. Now here's, let me be very clear on this. If your folks were abusive and they still continue to be abusive, then guess what? You don't have to walk into a full-blown relationship with them. There are other ways you could figure out how to honor them. And it could simply be by living in freedom and living for a God that loves you. And you can learn to honor them from a distance. And this is also what it means, too, to honor them. It doesn't mean that you have to let them define you. By honoring them, you, let, you live the life that God has called. And when you live that life, it shines this light of Jesus into this world. And because of that, they are honored whether they know it or not. And that's the piece we have to realize. That the way I live my life has the opportunity to honor my parents. And will I choose to make the priorities right? And will I choose to love God and be obedient to him? And through that, did you notice it didn't say as long as they think what you're doing is honorable, do it? They don't get to define what it means to be honored. God defines it. God sets the tone in it. So if you're worried about honoring parents that treated you like crud, stop worrying about it. Just be obedient to it. Don't have to run back to the doorstep and, and, and sit there and, 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 and get back into a relationship if they're going to continue to treat you like junk. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that you can love Jesus with all your heart and live in the freedom that he's given you, that in that right there you are bringing honor to them. You can be there to help. When they're in a time of need, you can be there to help. And I'm not talking about just throwing money at them. And fixing their problems. But there are ways you can go about being helpful without getting back into an abusive relationship where they treated you so poorly. The best thing that ever happened to Julie and I, when we started living by how do we honor our mother and father, how do we do this to a family member that was not acting very honorable at the time, and we did, and we were obedient to what God said, and we lived out what God told us to do. Do you know that God changed that person's heart? And I can sit on a back porch with that guy, and we can talk, and he comes to the realization that, Chad, you didn't do anything to disobey us. What you did was very honorable. See, there's a piece of this that we have to walk through, and it's not easy. But the question we have to come down to, the example I set, how can I expect my kids to obey me when the example I set is I'm not going to honor who God tells me to honor? This is the only, this is one of, this is a promise, uh, there is a promise that comes with this. And so it says this, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And here's what I learned that when, when I honor my father and mother, there's not tension there between mom and dad and I. When my kids are obedient, guess what? There's not tension in the home. When my kids are obedient, there's a lot more freedom that comes with them. When my kids listen, there's something that, that, that they don't have to, to live in this fear of, of, of what, what's to come or what's to happen, what's the consequence. 
When we do this, there's something that's taken away, this tension that's taken away. And it goes on to say this. It says that it may go well with you. Okay, so if I'm obedient, if I honor my father and mother, it will go well with, okay, that you may live long in the land. And he was saying this promise. He said, look, if you obey me in this, guess what I'm going to do? The land was the promise to him. If you obey me in this, I'm going to let you live in this longer. The problem was is his people stopped obeying God and stopped loving God, and they started loving other gods, and it carried on into every earthly relationship they had. And guess what happened? The land was taken from them. The promise was taken from them. And so in this particular piece, if we want the promises of God, we have to surrender and submit to what God's telling us to do and live it out and watch how he comes through with it and watch how he sustains us through it and watch how he's there for us in it. And it only comes because of the example that I set. We don't honor our father and mother for them. We don't do that for them. We do it because that's what God has asked us to do. And we need to find out what that looks like in our own lives. And we need to wrestle with it. And we need to walk it out. The last thing is this, and this is to us dads. Is if I want to make a, a, genera- a gen- generational impact, it starts with the way I parent. Paul writes very specifically to fathers. And as a dad, I, I, I hold uh, dads to a high standard myself included. Um, Moms, you can fall into this and you can be a part of this, but when he says this, he says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I, I wrestle with this word provoke because I have a tendency to provoke my kids. Um, I like to poke them. And not physically poke them, but just get underneath their skin and get them riled up. And usually, Julie just gave me a look. Usually it's right before bedtime, which is great, right? And so you get them all riled up, and then I walk out of the room, and then they won't go to sleep. And so it's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. Anyway, um, so here's, here's what, here's what I, I thought about this to provoke. Dads, moms, how clear are we in our expectations? How clear are we with what we expect? Here's what I know about kids. When there's not clarity about what's expected of them or the consequences that come, when there's unclarity, guess what? Kids get frustrated. When there's uncertainty, when there's unknowns, anxiety shoots up in them, and they respond in a way that's not healthy. They want to throw in the towel. They get frustrated. They get angry. And so a lot of times the behaviors we get from our kids is because there's some unclarity in what we want and what we expect. And here's what I've learned, not just from working with children, but working with people. I can communicate an expectation hundreds of times. I can communicate something that, that is an expectation, and I can think in, the, in my head that I am so clear, how could you not understand this? And here's what I'm learning, is just like adults who get some of what I say and miss like certain parts, or they'll take a certain part of what they want to hear, ready? They'll take a certain part of what they want to hear, and they'll come to me and say, well, Chad, in your message last week, you said I could take my rebellious son to you elders and y'all stone him for me. And see, y'all missed the part where I said I wasn't going to do that. But see, some of you are like, I'm stuck on that. See, kids are the same way. They hear something, and then they shut out everything else they wanted that you said, and so they miss it. Here's what provoking looks like. If I do not do my best to be very clear about what I expect and my expectations, I have the opportunity to provoke my kids. And so what I need to learn to do is be very clear, to be very upfront. And, and guys, I'm learning this, and it's pretty amazing what happens when I start. Because I used to think I need to be about telling my kids, you know what, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Well, here's what I know from my own life. Mom, when you told me not to do something, what would I do? Go and do it. So what if I change my approach knowing how I am? 
And so here's what I did. Here's what's, so I went and I bought a whiteboard. I'm so excited about this. I went and bought a whiteboard, and I bought whiteboard tape, and I made this little thing. Then I went to, of all things, I went to Scripture. And I said, what does God expect of me? What are the qualities God expects of me? So I went to Scripture, and I opened it up. And he says, you know what? I want you to be kind. So I wrote kind on it. I want you to be trustworthy. I wrote trustworthy on it. I want you to be patient, so I wrote patient on it. I want you to be a good steward, so I wrote good steward. I want you to be generous, so I wrote these. So I started writing these things, these qualities of what God wants. And Julie looks at me and says, what are you doing? This makes no sense whatsoever. I said, bear with me. I got an idea. And she got frustrated with me. I'm just kidding. She's like, okay, so we started sitting. So I sat down with the kids. I said, we're not doing this whole thing anymore where every time you hit your brother, I'm going to take something away. Here's what, because you hit your brother, here's what I'm going to do. And we're going to come back to what Scripture says. So I explained it to them. When you show a lack of self-control, which is something that God tells us we need to do is practice self-control. So when you don't do a godly quality, there is a consequence to it. And so we define self-control. Self-control is this. When you feel the need to lay your brother out, you don't do it. When you feel the need to to be mean, you don't do it. You practice some self-control. The good steward piece. I have one child that loves to destroy stuff. He is very gifted in this ability to tear things apart. Guess what? When you destroy stuff, are you being a good steward? No. Here's the amazing thing. Yesterday we had an incident just in the morning. Julie and I are chilling, and this is what really gets my goat. We're having a great morning sitting on our porch, and it was so cool outside, and it was amazing. And all of a sudden the crying starts. And you're like, shut the door and lock it. Don't let them come out. And so they got, and as you get these, all these stories, and you get like five stories from three kids, and you're just like, oh, somewhere in the middle is the truth. So I go to the board. Were you kind? No. Okay. Did you sell, show self-control? No. They knew it. Here's your consequence. Here's what happens. See, Scripture says don't provoke our children. Don't provoke them to anger. Part of how I approach them has to do with this whole provoking piece. Am I being clear? Am I being unclear and and not consistent? Or maybe being too harsh and unloving with my children? That is called provoking them. Therefore, I need to do something. It says this after, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Here's the word you need to learn when it says this. Bring them up. I need to train them. I need to be about training them. I need to use both negative things and positive things to train them. Here's what I learned in, in four years of the Marines. That not once did I, I get beaten for doing something stupid. Not once. I had leaders that would instruct me. They would train me. They would set the expectation and they would say, here's what you need to do in order to accomplish the mission. And when the, 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 it hit the fan, you were ready to go. And so I had these guys that came alongside me and they trained me. They poured into me. They talked to me over and over again. They repeated some of the same things multiple times till I got it and I didn't have to think about it. And they were training me. And scripture says this, that, that who, those who spare the rod spoil the child. And we say, well, that means I should just spank my child every time they do something wrong. Now, I'm not opposed to spanking. I'm not opposed at all. But I'm saying if that's our go-to every time, we're missing the boat. Do you realize that the rod was not used to beat the sheep? The rod was not used to beat the sheep. The rod was used to correct the sheep. The rod was used to bring them back into the path they needed to walk, to get them to go where the shepherd was going. The hook on the end of the rod was used to pull them out of trouble. There was a piece of this rod that they would use to get the sheep where they wanted them to go. Now the rod stands for correction. Those who remove correction from their children are going to have a problem. We have to be active in the way we correct. There are different consequences that that come with different actions. 
One of my biggest things in life is this, is I need to teach my children to be trustworthy. When my children lie to me, there's an automatic spanking that comes. That's, that's how much I need them to understand that being trustworthy is so important. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Just tell me the truth. Why? Because when they get to adults and they get into a sticky situation, or even as teenagers and they get caught in doing something, I want them to at least tell the truth regardless of what happens to them. You need to learn to have a consequence for their actions and be clear about it and be consistent with it. The Proverbs 29 also says this. Those of us that discipline our children, guess what we'll get when we do this? Discipline, an idea of correcting, an idea of training, an idea of them bringing them back to a behavior that, that is acceptable to the Lord. It says that we will get rest, uh, Proverbs 29:17, Deuteronomy 4, 9 to 10 says, that, or let me go to Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6, 5 and 7 reads this. starts with this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words, these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them, and the scripture is talking about to our kids, you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. The interesting thing about this particular passage is we cannot teach or train our children unless we spend time with them. We cannot tell them what is expected of them. We cannot help them correct them. We cannot give them discipline. We cannot encourage. We cannot admonish. We cannot guide. We cannot do the thing that God has very well called us to do if we're not willing to put the time in. Scripture said it from the very beginning that we need to be willing to sit with them. We need to be willing to walk with them. We need to be willing to teach these things over and over again. And notice the verse that he started off with in this passage. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. This particular piece is where it starts. How am I teaching my kids to love God? And if I don't get that right, I promise you, the rest of it won't be right either. So the way that I parent. Then other passage in Deuteronomy 4, 9 to 10. You guys can write this down and, and go look at it later. It's a passage that talks about remembering and teaching God's faithfulness. How many times do we go and share about how God has been faithful in a situation? One of my greatest joys of everything Julian and I have done is Light Point Church. You know why? Because my kids get to see what it means to walk out in obedience. They get to see what it means to walk in, in faithfulness. The way I parent, the way I look at it, the way I go about it has everything to do with what will happen. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. If we're not teaching our kids to love God, we're missing the boat. If we're not setting the example of what it means to do things because we love God, we're missing it. Set our priorities. Set the example. And maybe I need to look at what I'm doing as a parent to see how my kids are coming back into walking with Jesus. So here's my question for us today, is what do I need to change about my approach to my kids? I look at this all the time. Is my approach to my kids right? Is my approach to my kids right? Julie's great about telling me when I'm provoking them. But am I willing to change? Am I holding steady to the priorities that he's given us, which is loving him, and then teaching my kids to do the same? So my question is, what do I need to change? What needs to be changed in my home? How do I encourage my kids who have kids? How do I encourage my grandkids? How do I encourage, how do I get alongside this and watch this happen? By the priorities we set, by the example we set, and by what we do with our lives. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and thank you.
We thank you for loving us, and we thank you for your goodness. Lord, I lift up every mother and father in this room. And Lord, I pray for all the ways that you give us to help correct our children. Lord, I just pray, Father, that as we uh, look at how to bring about generational impact, not only with our generation, but with the generation to come afterwards, Lord, knowing and believing that you're going to bring about something that honors you. I pray, Father, that as parents, as a church, as families, that we would come alongside and help guide, help correct, help admonish, help discipline, knowing that no one's perfect and accepting people who, who, um, who need that. But, Lord, believing that our number one goal is loving you. Show us where we miss the mark in that, Lord. And may we come back to you being the center of our homes and you being the center of our lives and pointing ourselves to you and our children. Lord, we love you and praise you and ask that you guide us and direct us. Help us to respond in the way that you'd have us to respond. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. A couple ways to respond today. We have the communion table open. So feel free to go take communion. Remember the blood that was shed for you from Jesus. And as you do that, remember the forgiveness that you've been given because of him. Another way to, to respond is through offering, and you have, may have an offering that you need to give today of a tithe or an offering. You can take that back to the back and put that in there and respond in that way. Um, one of the ways, another way is this prayer. Joyce will be over here and Rob will be over there as well. If you need prayer over anything, they'll be happy to pray with you. So go over there and, and get prayed over. Um, every week, the elders uh, meet in this room over here. And in your card, we pray for our church, we pray for our people, we pray for what's going on. And, and so my encouragement to you today is maybe you're dealing with something in life that you, you just don't want everyone to know or only want certain people to know. Can I encourage you to grab one of these cards, fill it out and hand it to myself or, or Dale or, or Dave Linden if he's around. Um, feel free, we'll pray over this. And we'll see God move in such amazing ways. And so I just ask that you guys, if that's where you're at, you just need help in some area that you don't want everyone to know, uh, feel free to give us one of these as well. You guys respond how God leads. Uh, let's stand and sing.